Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. Pull that uh, microphone up close and say good morning. Good morning, good morning. Mr. Ben Reichley is with us. Hasn't mm-hmm. known our first guest for anything less than about three decades. I would say, uh, yeah, yeah, three decades. Uh, I would say, let's make it easier, last century. Okay, I've it was known, definitely uh, last I've century. I've known Jake Corman since last century. And your daughter uh, played basketball. I'm, I'm not that old. No way. <laughs> That's true. You didn't age, but I did. Our daughters did play <laughs> basketball together, and I did help yep. his daughter with an unfortunate elbow. Not by my daughter, but uh, I know Jake, uh, we'll get into Holy this, uh, but uh, Bella is in what college? Uh, University of Pennsylvania. Oh, good. 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 Yep. I uh, take it she's not on the swim team. She's not. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. But, Jake, I know we'll get into some questions, but uh, give us a uh, – uh, I know Mark will do the introductions, but my first question that Mark won't ask is, can you give us an analysis, your analysis of your campaign <laughs> in the state of Pennsylvania? But not How's your analysis. <laughs> That's a medical <laughs> procedure. <laughs> but, uh, well, no, I, uh, good, g- yeah, give us the state guys. of the Corman campaign for governor. Yeah. Well, it's been exciting. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Never running statewide before. Uh, this has been an exciting opportunity. You know, TV commercials are important, and um, you know, you go into all the sort of party events are important. But just getting out and getting amongst people. Um, you know, we created this bus tour. Uh, we call it the Small Town Bus Tour. And you know, a couple weeks ago, we went from Erie to Edinburgh to Warren to Wellsboro to Williamsport to Salem's Grove to Lancaster, to Ben Salem, up to Allentown, and over to Pottsville, all in like two and a half days. Uh, and it's just important to get out and talk to people and, uh, and uh, you know, ask them. You know, a lot of times people say, well, what are you going to do for me if you're governor? And my response is, well, what would you like me to do? Because I don't, I think it's a little presumptuous for me to say every community what I'm going to do. I think it's important to hear what the issues are, what their concerns are. And the best way to do that is to get out and see people. And so we've done that quite a bit. I think we've traveled to state probably more than anybody. It's been exciting and, you know, looking forward to, you know, the sprint to the finish these last uh, five weeks or so and and um, to the primary, May primary, and, you know, and see where the voters go. All right, well, now I'm back to me, Mark Lawrence, and I met you probably back in 1997 when I started yep. at uh, up in Williamsport. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, very glad to talk to you again. Now, right now, we just talked about in the news one of the latest polls out of the WHTM, the Hill, and Emerson College. Still has you down in the single digits, and the Glonkzillionaires are the folks that are up at the top of that particular list. What's the way forward for you to get uh, to get to the top of that good list? Well, that's a great question because, you know, I've raised more money than anybody uh, in this race. Now, I'm not funding my own race, obviously, as you said, because, you know, some people are doing that. Uh, and that's, you know, they've spent a lot more money. But if you notice in the polls over the last X amount of weeks, no one's really moved anywhere. It's sort of just stagnant. And, 
you know, they're still like 40% undecided. Uh, and so that's some other load, right, of, of any campaign. It's, it's not so much the horse race, it's the undecided voters. And there's a lot of them out there. Um, look, you know, I'm offering something different. I mean, normally Republicans like outsiders, and I get that. You know, they like outsiders who, who haven't been a part of the process. Um, but we've, you know, we experienced that. Tom Wolf was an outsider, and he was completely unsuccessful. And he was a guy who sold himself as a businessman, and he's been just a terrible uh, governor. Tom Corbett sold himself as an outsider you know, as attorney general and didn't know how to govern when he got there, even though he had Republican majorities. I think what I'm trying to offer to people is if we are successful this year, we need to produce. Uh, we need to produce um, when someone gets to be a governor uh, and change Pennsylvania, rebuild you know small towns uh, so that uh, we can bring industry back by embracing the energy economy, by empowering parents uh, to be more involved in their child's education. Uh, and so you need someone who knows how to get that done. And I'm someone... You know, who served as appropriations chairman in the Senate, served as majority leader, served as president pro tem. I know how to work the building. I know how to get things accomplished. And that's, at the other day, what matters the most because, you know, it doesn't matter what you're for. I always tell this to people, you know, we can all be for whatever, as a legislator or as a governor. If you don't get it accomplished, it doesn't really matter what you're for. You know, if I have never had any accomplishments, that wouldn't be very good to my constituents. Uh, but I've had a career of accomplishments. You know, I passed public pension reform with a liberal governor that is you know, look as one of the most aggressive uh, reforms in the country. The only one that included uh, the teachers' pensions in the whole country. Um, you know, when the NCA came in and, and, and you know, in my opinion, treated Penn State unfairly, you know, I took them to court and defeated them uh, and restored the wins for Joe Paterno and, 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 and got the consent decree uh, repealed. Um, you know, when you know, Tom Wolf was acting like a dictator, you know, we passed legislation to do a constitutional amendment, uh, which the voters only ultimately um, agreed with. Uh, and now no governor, Republican or Democrat, can ever do what Tom Wolf did you know, during that pandemic. You know, when the governor, after that happened, the governor tried to do a mask mandate uh, in, our, in our schools. And I took him to court and defeated him uh, so that, you know, because I said he didn't have the authority to do something like that. And he didn't. And I won in court. So, you know, I think it's important, you know, what we're for, and I think it's important to campaign on the issues. But I think for the voters, it's important who can get it accomplished. Uh, and that's what matters most. And I think I'm in a position to get big things accomplished. We're talking on the news line with Jay Corman, a Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania, happens to be the president of the state Senate and the state senator from the 34th district of Belfont, which I incidentally, I was looking at the uh, redistricting maps before we went on the air, and what in the world happened to Center County? Honest to Pete, we, we've said in our area that, um, unfortunately, they put Philadelphia and Pittsburgh together however they thought was appropriate and right, and then just whatever was left in the middle of Pennsylvania kind of got congealed together. Is that a safe observation about the redistricting, the legislative districts? Well, look, redistricting is never easy um, because, you know, population shifts and, and then so the districts have to shift with them. And, and and so, you know, some communities that were together at one point in time get changed into different communities. So it's never an easy process. Uh, I think the commission looked at the fact that I was not running for re-election to the Senate Normally, you have to move a seat out of the west to the east in the Senate just because of population shift. Um, and, you know, if you look at the population changes, most of the western seats have lost population. Um, and so, ultimately, you add all those up, it, it, it adds up to a whole Senate seat, and then you need to move that to the east where the population growth has been. Um, and so, I think, you know, they always try to do that as least evasive as possible. You know, a couple of years ago, it was a, it was a uh, northern Pittsburgh seat. They moved to Monroe County. 
that was 10 years ago. Uh, so it just happens sometimes. And so they moved the center county seat, 34 Centaur District, Center Mifflin, Juniata County, part of Huntington, uh, to Cumberland County, where a lot of the population growth has been. Center County did not lose growth, but you know they, what they did is they brought some of the western seats um, that uh, um, had um, you know lost population, brought it in to pick up population in Center County. Well, Jake, real quick, I jump in on that. Is redistricting in Pennsylvania broken? <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, 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 remember, there's two different ways. It was certainly broken in the congressional redistricting because um, that is done by a piece of legislation. You know, that's then signed by the governor. This governor had no interest in engaging with us. Um, uh, he abdicated his responsibilities, as he's done in so many areas, uh, never engaged with us, and so therefore ultimately went to the court. That's broken. I mean, in my years, we've always come to some sort of negotiation with the governor uh, and got it done. Uh, this year, for whatever reason, the governor Wolf figured he had a better chance to get more Democrats elected if the court drew it instead of, instead of us. Uh, that's unfortunate. That's not the way government's supposed to be. So from that perspective, then, yeah, it is broken because this governor broke it. Um, you know, the history is not that, uh, but this governor, you know, has been the most partisan uh, governor that I've ever served with, and that's saying something since Ed Rendell was the chairman of the Democrat National Committee <laughs> before he became governor. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's, he's acted as the most partisan governor uh, in the history of Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, so, you know, they took a seat uh, like Fred Keller's, which was, you know, a, a longtime public servant in the, you know, greater Susquehanna Valley, uh, who did a great job. Uh, well, clearly, when Connor Lamb retired in Pittsburgh, and that's where the population is lost, that's the seat they should have removed. Um, and that was the obvious decision. That's the decision the legislature made. Uh, unfortunately, the governor wouldn't agree to that because he figured a Republican would win that seat when they moved it or when they removed it. Uh, and so he took the, the Fred Keller seat, which is uh, unfortunate, uh, but that's what the court ruled. So, yes, I don't think the law is necessarily bad, Ben, uh, but like anything, when you have bad actors within the law, as Governor Wolf was, it's not going to be successful. Yeah, fair enough. And, and the constitutionality, if the legislature is supposed to create these districts, then they need to rec- they need to create them, and and that's the Pennsylvania yeah. Constitution. But now, uh, I, I guess the three branches of government have become the ratio has become uh, ridiculous. It seems like judicial now is sixty to seventy percent of government, and the executive and legislative branches are are make up the remaining. Well, look, I mean, one of the reasons why it inspired me to run, uh, and this is a big issue for me, is is personal and individual freedoms. And when a governor, as Governor Wolf did over the last couple of years, governors through dictation, whether it's you know using his emergency powers to control our lives, uh, which he did by telling us who could go to work and who couldn't, who could go to school and who couldn't, who could get health care and who couldn't, and and now you know by by doing executive orders and regulatory process outside the General Assembly uh, to do things like Reggie Regional Greenhouse Gas Alliance, where you know he's bringing us into a multi-state um, compact with other states. Uh, without the, the approval of the legislature. It's never been done before. Uh, so he's governing through dictation, um, and that's wrong. Uh, that's 100% wrong. I, when I gave a speech on the Senate floor, I stayed away from the debate of whether it's good public policy or not, which is terrible public policy. But I said to my colleagues, you know, you're, if you allow this to happen, you're saying the Senate of Pennsylvania doesn't matter. You know, we're the people's house. You know, we're the, this is where people come when they have complaints, the House or the Senate. Um, you know, they can't get a hold of the governor, but they do get a hold of us. And so we're the people's voice. 
uh, and to completely remove us from the process is a, is a chink away at people's freedoms. Uh, and so one of the reasons what inspired me to run for governor, you know, as a president pro tem, arguably is a you know, second highest elected official in the state, I have a lot of power. But that's not why I'm running. I'm running to give power back to people and protect people's power uh, so that we never have a governor uh, that, that governors like this again. Well, Jake, let me throw out an intangible I, I think is... Uh hasn't been discussed, but I think is uh, an underlying uh, scenario that can be a positive, particularly for yourself, though, the geographics of Pennsylvania. And if you look at the elected Republican governors, they've all been west of Harrisburg. And, you know, yeah. you, you go back and you, and you see that. And the the fact, uh, except for uh, Governor Schweiker, who took over when Governor Ridge went to Washington, you look at you look at that scenario, and the information. And I was just out in the western part of Pennsylvania, is that the old Blue Dog Democrats or the Western Pennsylvania Democrats, the uh, Iron City, Iron City Light, Pittsburgh Steeler Democrats, will vote for a Republican from the western part of the state over an Eastern Republican. Uh, or an Eastern Democrat. So it's sort of interesting. Geographically, you're you're in the Western side, and your campaign has focused heavily on the West. Is that where the, you can move those undecideds your way? Well, I mean, that's obviously in the general election, like you said. Um, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, Western PA Democrats would vote for a Republican over a Eastern Democrat. And uh, certainly we will play that. But in the primary, it's, you know, it's not quite as much that way. But, yes, look, I am the most... Western candidate. There is one sort of minor candidate from Allegheny County, uh, but um, you know. But I think our plan and our and our um, you know, being from Central Pennsylvania, you know, we've never had a graduate from Penn State University become governor. Hmm. And so you know, it seems like every year we sort of break the mold. You know, we never had a governor from Erie that you know, Tom Ridge became governor. You know, we hadn't had a governor from Philadelphia forever, and you know, Ed Rendell became governor. Um, so you know, we've been you know, we've been breaking the mold. We haven't had one from Central Pennsylvania in a while. Uh, you know, Belfont is the home of governors, although we haven't had one since 1896, so I guess <laughs> it's been a while. You're due. Uh, well, that's why they so, have a place called the Governor's Pub, correct? That's it. It's a great restaurant in town. So, you know, um, you know, we're trying to make our message. We think our message works no matter where we are in the state because it's about opportunity. It's about when, creating opportunity so then the individual can then make the determination how successful they're going to be by their own work ethic and merit. I noticed that you've, you've kind of changed your tone a little bit over the course of the campaign. You used to say you were interested in being governor. Now you don't make any reference to being governor. It, it, am I picking that up accurately? Now you just uh, say uh, that you talk uh, about not, your not leadership. But, but you're right. I mean, look, it's back to my point about freedom and why I'm running for governor, not power. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not interested, you know, for the title. Like, I've, I've had a great career, and my career ends this year or four years from now or eight years from now, I'm good with that. Uh, but, you know, I think there's a lot more to do for Pennsylvania as a father of three young people, uh, you know, a daughter in college and two in high school, two boys in high school, that, uh, you know, our greatest export over the last 40 years has been our young people. Uh, and I'm like every parent or grandparent that's listening out there, you know, I'm selfish. I want my children to live in Pennsylvania where I can be part of their lives. Well, we have to create opportunities for them. And so, you know, I'm not running for governor to have a career. I've had a career. I'm running for governor to do the job as governor, uh, to make things happen, to get big things done. I've always made a career of taking on the big, difficult issues. I'm not afraid of them. And I think if you do that and you're successful, 
um, then you then the politics of that gets you know take care of itself and you do get reelected. But if you're sitting there worried about getting reelected and worried about political popularity, well, you're not going to be very successful. And I think you see examples of that, like Ron DeSantis in in um, Florida, uh, Christy Nome in South Dakota. Um, you know they're not you know Governor Abbott in Texas. You know they're not afraid of the liberal media and and you know being popular. They're just doing popular things and getting things done for their states. And that's the type of governor that I want to be. All right. Well, just a few moments left. How can we fix the pension systems, the two big systems in Pennsylvania? And how are we going to? How are you going to get us back out of Reggie? And you can take as much time as you want to answer those two questions: pensions and Reggie. Well, we're still fighting the governor for getting into Reggie. Matter of fact, we got a good decision to come up court, so they're delaying it for right now. Uh, so we're not in yet, uh, and we're going to take him to court because we, again, we don't believe the governor has statutory authority to do it. And uh, so we'll continue that fight. And if he ends up being successful at the end, uh, on my first day as governor, I will take us out. Uh, that is the biggest um, uh, uh, hindrance to jobs in Pennsylvania, which is, is the cornerstone to any good community is jobs. That would kill jobs in Pennsylvania, would raise energy prices uh, in Pennsylvania and hurt the environment. So um, I will take us out day one uh, if I'm governor. Um, you know, the pension systems, I've done a lot of work there. As I said, I passed a public pension reform bill which took 60% of the risk off the table. You know, the big part of the problems with the pension systems were, you know, we had two big recessions in the decade of 2000, uh, one enormous recession, and they just, you know, lost tons of money, which then the employer has to pick up the difference. Well, you know, the taxpayers shouldn't be putting it that much at risk. And so by the bill that we passed, by entering into a defined uh, contribution plan as opposed to just a defined benefit, uh, now we took 60% of the risk off the table, which is enormous. But clearly, by reading what you read in the paper and investigations going on, uh, the systems need overhaul as far as management and operation. Um, you know, any time you have the uh, federal government investigating uh, the going on, that's a problem. Um, and so we need to take a long, hard look and do a major overhaul on how they're run, how they're doing their investments, uh, and making sure the taxpayers are protected. All right. Well, thank you so much for all the answers. Uh, if you ever want to cross the T in Pennsylvania, this is where you have to do it. So please come back and visit us in person. We'd love to have you in Absolutely. the studios in the in the love weeks ahead. Yep. Thank travels, you so much, Jake. Senator Good to hear Corman. From you. All right, guys. Good talking to you. Take care. Thank you. That is Jake Corman, State Senator, 34th District, mm-hmm. now busted in half. <laughs> the district's busted in half in Center County. Uh, he is running for governor of Pennsylvania, one of the Republican candidates, is also president of the Senate right now. This is his last term in the state Senate. 1-800-795-9565. Some quickie reaction to this. We'd love to hear from you. The Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor, so feel free to give us a buzz uh, today. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear a message from them in a moment. Toll-free line open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us and on the market, WKOK.com, and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Gotta go cheer them on to help them score some runs. We want to make the Phillies number one. I want you to tell everybody that I'm leaving today. I'm going back to Philadelphia, PA. All right, yeah, the Eagle 107 is going back to Philadelphia today for the uh, baseball game. 2.30 p.m. is the pregame on Eagle 107. Check oh. it out, then tune back to WKOK. Uh, rumor is Taylor Swift is singing the national anthem. I believe Charlie is going to be in the stands for that. Charlie. Charlie, one of our good listeners. Okay. Hey, how about that? Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, hey, forgive me. I just turned in at the very end of that interview, and I didn't catch the name of the guy or his political party. <laughs> Jake Corman, president of the Senate, state Senate. Yeah, state Senate. Jake Corman, president of the Senate, Republican Party, state Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Okay, I hope, I hope I'm not going to waste your time, but did he say anything about uh, Governor Wolf's proposal to for two things that are on my mind. One is uh, the governor wants to supply 40% of the state's energy with solar. And then the other one was, did he say anything about uh, Governor Wolf's plan to start passing out checks uh, before the election? Uh, neither of those. He did talk about the natural gas Reggie plan, that, of course, they're doing everything humanly possible to block that. Not sure if they're going to be successful in that, but they do have it held up in court, so that's a start. Uh, so it didn't say anything specifically about solar, and that just popped up. Yeah, this idea that the governor's interested in giving everybody a big, fat check. No, well, that's what Democrats do to win <laughs> elections. I mean, Right, that's why President we, Trump gave us checks last year. Well, right? he, gave, uh, he gave out checks... Uh, through the pandemic. Which I have we two checks that, that so. were signed by Trump in our archive. Uh, he did not sign them. <laughs> His name was in the well, memo. Well, he Mark, never signed them, okay. though. Well, well, Mark, I want to tell you this. That money, as far as I'm concerned, the pandemic money was to be used during the pandemic. And I predicted that this very thing would happen, that Democrats down there in Harrisburg would sit on this pile of money and wait until the uh, upcoming midterm elections to start passing it out, essentially as a bribe, and mm-hmm. I think I think well, most people that look order. at politics and would uh, agree with me. Yeah, the well, situation's yeah, made to order. Well, right. I mean, bread and circuses. Yeah, believe me, and don't. Uh, I would say, yeah, Democrats a larger percent, but throw some Republicans, throw some rhinos in there too, uh, with this government money. And the un- misunderstanding is, this is what happens when you over print and monetize your debt, you create inflation, and we have people running around that have no understanding of inflation, and, oh, uh, this is a guy in Russia has created this. Uh, so, anyway, no, uh, Mike, you're you're correct. Uh, it's, uh, it's what happens when uh, government fills their coffers with money from somewhere else. Sometimes it's the taxpayers, but here's somewhere else, and then they use it to their advantage, or they think they use it to their advantage. Exactly. We have, I'm going to call it runaway inflation. I haven't seen anything like this since the 1970s and the early 80s. Runaway debt. In my lifetime. Runaway debt, which is basically uh, putting all that money, is uh, really 
uh, fueling the inflation, I believe. And uh, the Federal Reserve, in my mind, is not really <clears throat> taking the lead here to do anything about it. You know, first it was transitory, and they hoped it would go away. Now it's really bad, and they're kind of hoping it'll just go away, which, you know, sometimes that does happen. The cure for higher prices, I believe, is higher prices. So they're just kind of trying to delay anything, any move to upset the stock market, because they don't want to lose those voters. And anybody that has the idea that the Fed is not a political beast, I think they're not uh, paying attention to what's going on, because if the Fed was really non-political, they would have raised rates significantly higher yeah, than they are. Uh, Mike, and, and I know Mark's a wordsmith, and I know uh, you're a, a consistent caller and bring information here, but can I throw out two terms that it seems like the Biden administration has lost in recent, and you just hit on one, transitory inflation <laughs> and right. de- and determined. <laughs> what deters somebody from doing something, which we've seen now uh, with Russia, but the, the those two terms have seemed to have come out of uh, Jen Psaki's vocabulary and explanations within the White House. So, uh, uh, again, a pure optic problem in Washington, not 100% the Biden administration, not 100% the Democrats, not 100% the uh, Republicans, but a combination of all three. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for calling in. Oops, go ahead. You're very welcome. Take care, man. Very much appreciated. Uh, he's making reference to a story that we uh, thank WHTM for encapsulating here. It says Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf is pushing his proposed PA opportunity plan that would use a federal American rescue dollar plan monies to send payments directly to Pennsylvania residents. The $1.7 billion Pennsylvania opportunity plan would assist families with child care, job training, broadband, transportation, and after-school programs. He would send $2,000 in direct payments to Pennsylvania households if they have an income of $80,000 or less. So that cuts you and I out. We're off that list. So, But everybody else would get some. Sounds good, but is good. Is good good? Sounds good, but is good far from good. Why don't we just give it back to the taxpayers or our great-great-grandchildren who are going to pay for it anyway? All right. To be continued. Hey, we're going to have a great 9 a.m. hour. We're going to hear from a CBS analyst. This is WKOK Sun. Lawrence. Mr. Ben is directly across from me on the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line is going to be open. We're going to do news headlines first. Then we hope to talk to Lauren Comato. She's a freelance reporter. We've seen her in Time Magazine and on CBS and Voice of America. And uh, you'll be happy to know she graduated. She's one of the Tufts Jumbos. Well, so, good for her. Right, good so for her. she's a good student from Tufts University. So we'll be mm. talking about her. Lives in Amsterdam right now, but is from Brooklyn, New York, and is a CBS uh, news analyst and reporter and correspondent. So we we'll hope to talk to her. International calls. So it's uh, of course you're at the yes, whim of the international on lines. The, on the satellite stat phone we have here sitting here. <laughs> yeah, it's a satellite phone. All right. <laughs> okay. So well, well, that's what's going to be happening in this hour, and then we'll have some open phones. Uh, you can. In the meantime, you're welcome to. Email us, as one individual has done. That's email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Or you can text us, as one individual has done. That's uh, 70236. Include the keyword OTM. So we mm. would love to hear from you as our show progresses. Here's those brief news headlines. More high praise for evangelical community hospitals. COVID-19 response, particularly their rapid COVID-19 testing site out at St. Mary Street. I was 
through that little garage enclosed building two times over the course of the pandemic. The hospital announced Thursday it had one of the top 10 scores in the Hospital and Health System Association of Pennsylvania COVID Response Innovation Awards. Of course, it was earlier in the week here. Kleinpeter was in town uh, praising Evangelical Community Hospital. Noted retired ophthalmologist Louis Betts died. Dr. Betts died in a crash yesterday on Route 15. He was 81, pulled out in front of a truck at the very difficult intersection of Beagle Club Road and River Road and Route 15. Pronounced dead at the scene there. Yeah, tough situation. WHTM-TV, Emerson College Polling, and The Hill. Uh, primary poll shows Lou Barletta with a razor-thin margin over Doug Mastriano in the race for governor and a majority of voters still undecided. That's why Jake Corman with his uh, with 3% says, oh no, oh, no, I'm sorry, 4% says, I'm still very much in this. So with about 50% mm -hmm. of the voters still undecided, uh, Barletta and Mastriano each have about 19%, but Jake Corman is 4%, and he says very much. The uh, large person has not sung yet. <laughs> So um, okay. let's get the primary out there and uh, get the undecided. I think she had surgery. I think she had surgery. Oh, All right. Okay. David McCormick and Mamet Oz are leading in the same poll, only, of course, for U.S. Senate. Those are Repub among Republican candidates. Uh, Dr. Oz has 16 percent. McCormick has 17 percent. Kathy Barnett has 10 percent. Jeff Bartos at 8.9 percent. Where's Carly at? Carla Sands is at 7.7 percent. Mm -hmm. George Brochetto at... 3.8%, Sean Gale at 2.5%, 33% of the voters there say they are Well, that's coming undecided. down because the polls I saw last week had 50% of the voters undecided. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's I don't want to say it's a crapshoot. It's not. These people are out there moving, trying to move these undecideds. But, Mark, I, my gut feeling, you tell me, is there a little bit of cynicism running around politics today? In Republican, Democrat, Independent, Greeny. I, I, I think, well, I think, I think we've lost our faith in government. And what's an independent? These people tell me they're an independent. Are they an independent from the parties? Or are they independent to create their party? Hmm. Create some sort of a party. So, well, yeah, you know, if you got, uh, you, you know, the world's upset if Doug Mastriano is the leader in anything. I mean, that's got to be a, a sign that our our nation's yeah, in Doug's deep a veteran. trouble. Doug's Doug served. Doug is Doug is part of the cards that uh, are going to be dealt uh, by the voters. The right. Voters well, are going to decide, and we'll see what cards come out. I feel certain that he's going to get the nomination, and I hope that he mm. does because he's so vitriolic that I think that's really going to hurt him when you put him up against. Um, um, Josh Shapiro, because, you know, Josh Shapiro is going to come out looking like the moderate, reasonable candidate. And Mastriano, of course, he's the, uh, you know, pillow guy, stop the steal, yeah, election was stolen fellow. A little bit of a flamethrower, but sometimes that's what politics needs on all parties. But remember, Bernie Sanders was a flamethrower, too. Back in the day. Uh, no, <laughs> and, and they had, you know, the Democrats had to remove Bernie and insert what we have now, uh, Joe Biden. So, uh, you know, we, we, you know po politics isn't dirty. It's filthy. <laughs> All right, and as we mentioned, one of the top stories in Pennsylvania, again, we thank WHTM for uh, doing the reporting for us. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf pushing his proposed Pennsylvania Opportunity Plan that would send some Pennsylvanians a check. If you earn less than $80,000, he would send you 2000 
$1,000. Now, you could use it for anything that you want, but he says, no, it's for child care, job training, broadband, transportation, and after-school programs. No, it's not. not. Uh, I'm not, getting a new fishing kayak yeah, is not, what's not, happening. Not beer and cigs. All right. But, uh, yeah, so, so he says. Uh, let's see. We do have some other news headlines very briefly. A panel of the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has reversed a lower court and ordered a dismissal of the lawsuit that challenged President Biden's mandate that all federal employees be vaccinated against COVID-19. Lori Levinson is a Loyola Law School professor and former prosecutor. By the Supreme Court, we know that you can't force the private employers to have a vaccine mandate, but the federal government can require its own employees to get vaccinated. The judgment is said that the federal judge, or the uh, yeah, the uh, judgment said that the federal judge didn't have jurisdiction to block that lawsuit that would have uh, thrown out President Biden's mandate that federal employees. But, but why get the does vaccine. the federal government have jurisdiction over that? So, some legal beagle, please call us and tell us uh, why that. And you know, Mark, you've watched Perry Mason. I've watched Perry Mason. I don't think this dog hunts. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. And finally, uh, if you had one of those stickers that shows a picture, a small picture of President Biden and him saying, <laughs> I did that, you would be doing your patriotic duty putting that on a gas pump, correct? Uh, I thought you would put no, it on Nancy that Pelosi's is. office that says she's gone fishing or on vacation or recovering from COVID. Yeah, she's in Pennsylvania going trout fishing now. She has to take the day off. But anyway, but that's not how it went. A Lancaster man is facing charges after he allegedly posted an anti-Biden sticker on a gas pump. Thomas Glazuski of Manor Township, which I believe that's in West Virginia, has been charged with resisting arrest, disorderly conduct, harassment, and criminal mischief. The incident was captured on video, he can be heard yelling expletives, and I did that, pointing to an anti-Biden sticker on a gas pump. The gas station employee told authorities that Glazuski had uh, sprayed the stickers with a substance to make them much harder to remove, charging documents obtained by Lancaster online. Glazuski was reportedly upset about the price of gas, and he was, of course, upset about Joe Biden, along with, what, three-quarters of the nation? <laughs> anyway, a police complaint says Glazuski had to be placed in the police force for uh, police vehicle by force. He resisted arrest. So, I mean, that's obviously not ideal. The I did that stickers are popular on gas pumps around the U.S. right mm. now because of the high cost of gasoline. No, it's... Uh, of course, you can't it, do that. This it's vandalism. Guy, this guy's first name wasn't Brandon. It? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say. Okay. There's a let's go Brandon sign out front that is not ours. Oh, Somebody not. asked me, uh, <laughs> how do you keep your let's go Brandon sign illuminated out front? Hey, believe me, if the left could have found find a version of let's go Brandon for Donald Trump, they would have uh, that you, you would have heard that daily. So again, tongue in cheek. Sarcasm, political discourse can all be handled properly, but if you can't have a discussion and chuckle a little bit about some things, then we are uh, we are deep, deep, deep in the hole. Yeah, there's never has there ever been an anti-political phrase that was as popular since "Don't tread on me" well, as "Let's I'll go, Brandon." This as a 11 year old, I uh, I did uh, I had there was stickers in 72, McGovern against Nixon. There were stickers in 72 that said Nixon now. And I remember with a pair of scissors uh, with some older adults, but in, in the Great Republic of Texas, you took the Nixon now stickers 
and you cut off the W. Oh. So it said Nixon no. And, so, uh, and who knew how important that W would be just 30 shortly years well, later? Well, later, but so, uh, no, but you can have some good, solid political discourse uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a way, but, you know, agree to disagree. Uh, discuss before you argue. Discuss before you argue and see where it's at. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We had Jake Corman on the line earlier. If you want to ask about some of the things he supports or doesn't support on his previous appearance, he talked about the fact that he is not in favor of the Convention of States. Uh, He, too, like Senator Yaw, says they're being coerced into legalizing pot because other states are. Of course, they do need the money, so they're going to tax it and, you know, come up with this highly convoluted manner to make it legal in Pennsylvania for recreational pot. But he does in favor of that. No, but one big story he did hit on was, uh, and, and Jake did step up. It was Jake who led this against the NCAA and the BS that happened up at State College at Penn State. Oh, yeah, what, $60 million? $60 million. Dollars. And the NCAA did, had, had no jurisdiction to come in and do what they had. The NCAA had no jurisdiction to come in and do what they did to uh, the football program up there. And if ESPN has any any onions at all, they would do a 30-30, legitimate 30 by 30, the documentaries they do on the real story that happened up there, because that that was what that did to Penn State and when that created, that that created those 49 players that stuck around, that whole atmosphere that finally when people started to figure out saying, no, no, this isn't right. This is incorrect. And they had no legal situation on what they did. And uh, luckily, Penn State got back on its feet, and we see where they're going now. Bob from Paxinus, please enlighten us on a Friday. Hey, good morning. How are you, Ben? Good, good. Yourself? <laughs> Mark? Yes, sir. Uh, anyway, uh, I was calling you know, about the election coming up. I just hope uh, voters uh, remember what Republicans done from the beginning. All the lies that they said, the election was stolen, you know, the president, blah, 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 COVID isn't deadly, you know, and I just hope voters realize that the people that were in office, the Democrats, were doing the best job they could with the information they had in front of them. They were trying to save lives, they were trying to help people, they were doing the best they could. And from what I'm seeing now with the next year, they're predicting that we're going to go into a recession. So I hope people start saving their money. Don't don't waste it because something bad's going to happen next year, and it's probably because Republicans might get elected. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really a, a republic. It's a bipartisan tomfoolery, jackassery, as we referred to it earlier this week. I, I you know I certainly know that there's plenty of you know, dead dog wrong Democrats down in Washington and Harrisburg, and same story with Republicans. I think our whole nation's in a mess. Or nobody has faith in our courts. Our governor uh, was obsessed with saving lives. There's no argument about that. But you can't just take the Constitution up to the nearest shredder and, and run it through there. Was he trying to save his own? Or? Well, I think. Yeah, well, we definitely saved lives in Pennsylvania. You can say that, but you can't t- give people the choice saying, okay, I'm going to put you in jail so that you don't get hurt outdoors. That's not how freedom works, and I think they, but how does Jake it, Corman's on the right track yeah, there. Yeah, how, how does it work, though, Bob, when you all of a sudden start shutting down businesses and not understanding why you're shutting them down? So what about those people that he basically he devastated their their uh, family businesses. He he put hurdles that could not be overcome because he threatens government. You know how many people that the state of Pennsylvania 
summonsed or gave citations to or shut down businesses because they didn't go along with uh, Governor Wolf's uh, edict? No, I don't, and I have it's three zero. jobs. It's know, zero. And one of them is in health care, and I did not lose one day of pay over the pandemic. And anybody that wanted a job during the pandemic, not sitting at home collecting all that money, could have got into the health care field and had a job. Bob, you, that's a great Republican talking point, and, and you should discuss that more. You're right. People who want jobs can go get them. People who stayed at home and got checks did not help. And particularly you folks in the medical side, the people who jumped in there. But now isn't it coming reversed that some of these people, particularly in New York State and some other states, are now losing their jobs because they choose not to get vaccinated or they had COVID and they have the antibodies themselves and they have a personal choice that they're not going to take a vaccine? Isn't that a little bit hypocritical? I live in Pennsylvania. I don't know any laws in any other state what they're doing with their... uh you know, healthcare workers, but why not get the vaccine? It saves lives. It's stupid not to. I had a nephew die at 33 years old from COVID. Uh, why it, not get a stupid shot? Well, it's not going to hurt you. It doesn't have a microchip. It's not going to track you. It's not going to kill you. But isn't that your choice? It, no, it shouldn't be. Okay. It should be a mandatory vaccine from now on. Just like everything else, growing up, you have to have this vaccine to go to school. You, you know how it works. I mean, it's. I'm going to go get my third booster shot. Third. You can I'm, get four now. I'm not now. afraid of it. Yeah, you so can get anyway, four I'm just saying the voters need to wake up, open their eyes, see what these people were saying. You know, that guy you had on the radio this morning, he couldn't even say what he was going to do for us. Well, that was he our fault. He wanted us to tell him what he needed to do for us. Well, yeah, that's what like leaders can do. <laughs> He's got a plan. He has a uh, go to uh, Jake Corman for governor. Yeah. I think it's Jake Corman for PA dot com. He has yeah. twenty five different issues that he's his stance is clear on. I really wanted. We didn't ask him about a single one, and that was deliberate. I really wanted him to explain who he was because I think if we had known who Tom Wolf was, we might have made a different choice. If we had known, you know, who uh, Governor Corbett Fred really Keller was. was? Well, that you didn't know, and work Fred out. Fred Keller, he's only for the red. He don't care about the blue, uh, or me and you. That's not true. He don't care about the people in the middle. That's not true. Well, it used to. It is true. Look at his license plate no. on his truck. It says red. I got Vote it. red. Yeah. No, for, for okay. Fred Keller is for <laughs> the Constitution you for you, me, and Mark. Simpler. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for thank calling. Thank you. Have a good day. Hey, I want to talk about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. Okay, you're ready for a new vehicle. Name one, and I'll tell you if we can get it or not from the Sunbury Motor Company. Go ahead. Name one. Sunbury Motor Company? Yep. Which one do you want? Name a, name a Ford. Uh, yeah, I think that must be springtime, Mark. It's the Mustang. Mu- electric Mustang. Uh, Mach-E, four yes. to six months. Next one. Well, that's going to be fall then. So what can yeah, I get now? That'll be a 2023. What can, I get? can I get an F-150 right oh, now? Oh, right now? Yeah. Uh, F-150s. Good. Escape, Ranger, Edge, uh, Ranger. Yeah, they get one or two a what month. What about that? What's that? What's Maverick that's out yep, there? Yep, the Maverick. Nope. New? 2023 okay, fall. I'll take 2023. a Bronco, though. Yep. Uh, Bronco. Which one? Bigger or little? 
Uh, the one Mertz is driving around in. I think Full gonna, size. I think I'm going to take that one from him, or the one Clock's driving around in. Fall 2023. I want their demos. Well, and it's the chip issue, but you see. But here's the rub. If you go to any other Ford dealer, they're going to say six to eight months. Go to Sunbury Motor Company, four to six months. Well, you know why? They got the allotments. Because those guys are taking the trucks out and picking them up. Right. They're, well, that's true. They're driving yeah, well, each other the, out to Dearborn. Well, the problem is you got uh, Jeff Clock armed wrestled a big dealer out of Cleveland, <laughs> one, and he won those <laughs> F-150s that brought, he, brought them back in. Yeah, well, you had Jason yelling in the background and Chris and Alphonse and Ernie and Austin saying, go, go, go. But whether it's Kia, Hyundai, or Ford, there's just no better way to get the vehicle you want. Yes, there's waiting lists for some vehicles, and believe it or don't, some 22s are sold out, but they got the allotments, and they, they call them chits. They got the chits in for the 2023s, and you can join the list of hundreds of people that have gone to the Sunbury Motor Company, still a volume dealer, based on the fact that they have all the allotments still allocated, so they're going to get the vehicles here sooner than anybody else. Still the chip shortage, that's still the constriction, labor shortage, chips, and of course inflation is, is driving up the cost of things, but they're moving vehicles as fast as they can and giving people as much money as they can for their pre-owned vehicles. SunburyMotors.com There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Like Reggie Cuisinberry talking baseball, Carew and Gaylord Perry, Siva Garvey Schmidt and Bada Blue. If Cooper's town is calling, it's no fluke. They'll be with Willie, Mickey and the Duke. All right, nice stuff. Thank Jeez, you so much, yeah. Kevin. Put us asleep. Put us asleep. Come on. Play, play something that makes baseball, you think of baseball getting out of the gates. Eagle 107 is going to have the Phillies game on today. Yeah. we got some emails, so we're going to read those on the radio. Phillies game today, uh, your Cubbies, but the Cardinals did win their first game. Woo-hoo. Uh, Cubbies, you... Up, down, in between, thumbs up, uh, sideways. This is another building year for no the building Cubs. building year for the Cubs. Okay. 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 All right, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says it's not a fourth booster. It's actually the second booster. The first two were the initial shot. Then you got a booster. Now you get a second booster if you so mm-hmm. choose, if you're over 50. Thank you for that. One of our good listeners says, after we interviewed Jake Corman, I'm tired of this election nonsense already in a month. We'll know who's going to lose to Josh Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a lot of people think yeah. that is very true, Tom. See what the Vegas line says after the uh, primary. Instantly. Yeah, I think under if if things if we hadn't had a pandemic, Josh would have a lot better chances. Ma- but uh, uh, Mark, biggest, he's going to struggle. Bigger story: baseball meeting day, which is pushed back a week, okay. uh, or the Masters and what Tiger Woods did at the Masters yesterday, because they had huge crowds, huge TV audience uh, watching the Masters on a Thursday 
in Augusta, Georgia. That, we that actually had somebody call story. the newsroom and say, when are you going to run those three-minute Westwood One golf updates you talked about in the morning? Oh, <laughs> said, oops. Uh, 315, 345, 415, 445. Uh, so that's when Excellent. they're on. Great, great baseball is finally getting out of the gate. Uh, you know, Kevin put us a little sleep with that 1940s lullaby about baseball. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where the Phillies... And remember now, we got uh, the National League and the American League, Mark have joined together. They have emerged with something called the designated hitter, the mutual designated hitter, which is a big play for the baseball union to get an extra player in there to pay a little bit more union dues. Ah, okay. One of our good listeners uh, sends us the feel-good email of the day. Mm-hmm. He says, Mark, I wonder if you believe half the crap you spew. Well, <laughs> Does that feel good? <laughs> I, uh, well, a quarter of it I think I me. probably believe most of what I say. I well, mean, it's an opinion, though. I mean, yeah. you can you can believe your opinion. It may not be true. I, I may believe President Trump won the election, but that doesn't mean it's true. Well, you can also believe half the crap you spew okay. is a positive thing, because the other half then is... Is debatable. <laughs> oh, it's stuck. It's not spewing. Okay, but anyway, yeah, back to Pete's email. Thank you for the email, Pete, incidentally. Josh Shapiro, and and uh, you're going to do some analysis on that. You say this is 100% true. Josh Shapiro is our attorney general who has never tried a case in a courtroom. You obviously don't follow his social media. If so, you would see his very vitriolic posts. Mm-hmm. I will stick with a guy, Mastriano, who has served our country. Yeah, he's a Marine, right? He he's a Marine. Uh, uh, rather than a guy who serves himself as a career politician. Well, Pete, he's ex- that is an excellent encapsulation of the whole gubernatorial race, and you could be 100% right. More than half the state is going to do anything against the Democrat. Now, Governor uh, Wolf and President Biden are the reasons, and that is definitely... Uh, why some of the crap I spew is that Doug Mastriani has a very good chance of being our next governor. But do you look at he's but Shapiro is what I refer to as a legal politician, meaning that as a lawyer, you find politicians that just move through lawyers who move through the ranks of different political scenarios. Yeah, when you see po- political science in the undergrad, oh yeah, boom, yeah, and what we're seeing, and it's even on the Democratic side wish there was more, but what we're seeing along the Republican side, look at Donald Trump. Look at the need for outside experience coming into a government that is screwed up when you can't look at a situation and make an analysis of. Remember, a lot of people who grow up in government, and one thing too, Mark, lawyers, nothing against lawyers. Lawyers, your favorite one is yours, but you question other lawyers. But remember, (laughs) lawyers get paid if they win or if they lose on certain cases, Mm. and a lot of them. Look at the trial lawyers. Look what the trial lawyers have. Positive things, but maybe more negative things when you look at the overall scenario of what's going on with litigation. Where's Dale when you need him? Well, but you look at litigation going around. Right now, too many businesses have to look at the equation of their well the business model and look at their equation and litigation has expanded by xxx percent over what it used to be now part of that should be taking in but how much overregulation and how much CYA is being done to cover yourself for legal reasons and and there's where we see the out of balance so what I'm saying about lawyer politicians 
that's one thing. But look at the men and women who have done things. Look at the men and women. Look, look, look at a woman who's raised a family, got on the school board, and says, you know what? I can be a state legislator just as easy, and I'm better at the, you know, I have this experience. If we have that type of experience, it hard, it's very Do hard to be pro. here? Yeah, but it's hard to be pro-jobs and anti-business. And that's where we see these people. I'm jobs, jobs, jobs. Well, Mr. or Mrs. Democratic uh, politician, you've legislated or regulated business owners to a point where they've said uncle and they can't hire people because of your legislation or what you've seen. We see that in the Biden administration with the energy industry. What they did off the bat cutting out the energy industry, now we see the ramifications that happens. So a, a, a good solid mix of doers, that's Females, males, Republicans, Democrats, whatever independents are, uh, you know, doers, people who have done things, people who have moved the needle in a positive direction. Those are people who can contribute. Okay, now, so Mark, you run a business. Shapiro's a politician, right? He's a legal politician. And what about Mastriano? Mastriano has uh, served in the military. His his background is uh, pretty unique, uh, and he will be a flamethrower. And that's nothing against Doug. I've met Doug, but uh, Doug is Doug is uh, gonna put the bulldozer in drive and go. Okay. And and sometimes that's needed. Now, hopefully, you have an understanding. One thing that the Trump administration did is they started to look at what drives the economy, what drives people's pocketbooks. And you know what? We're getting caught in these regulations. I, I sincerely think the, how, how would you want to say this, the Achilles heel of the United States has become the bureaucrats in government at almost every level, local, state, and federal. 1-800-795-9565. Got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'd love to hear from you on our toll-free line, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We're trying to handicap as best we can the gubernatorial race. Doug Mastriano and Lou Barletta are, are way ahead in the Republican governor's race, but there's a ton of undecideds mm-hmm. in there. And in the state Senate race, David McCormick and uh, Dr. Oz, of course, both being accused of carpetbaggers, <laughs> but, the, you know, whatever, that doesn't, it's not illegal. <laughs> it's perfectly legal. So, and th- that never hurts you in an election, so we can talk about that. We'd love to hear your view as we handicap the gubernatorial in the U.S. Senate race in Pennsylvania. When do those guys tee off, by the way? Uh, 10 o'clock. Okay. Because right. we do have a Tiger on the Twos update. We're a little bit late on our Tiger with the Twos. Oh, our Tiger on the Twos, yeah. but uh, he will uh, he will tee off today at 1.41 yeah, Eastern Time. He should be in the afternoon. He went off in the morning yesterday. Should be in the afternoon today, but very... Uh, you can't. This is this is potential Hollywood, Mark. I know you're sort of tearing up. You weren't going to cry today, but you're going to see you're tearing up over the this music. Tiger story. Well, is it just me? Or I feel a Dan Patrick moment where I have to break out into Jim Nance now and please and do. talk about the azaleas that are out in full force, watching the man in black pants and red shirt return to the home that he's called the Masters. 
on CBS. Yeah, I think. Hello, right, friends. Yeah, I think right now, uh, Kevin, if I'm Nick Faldo over here, I'd be I'd be doing a shot of like Jameson. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll be back with Ben's best Jim Nance impersonation momentarily. Hit the ball and touch them all. A moment in the sun. It's a gone and you can tell that one back. Oh, put me in code. I'm ready to play today. Alright, man, I'm live. Am I loving that music? Clap? Now we got the pace up. Are you happy? Yeah, if you can get the claps down. One of our good listeners says, Mark, as always, you are not full of crap. You're actually f- overflowing. First of all, Doug uh, Mastriano was not a Marine. No, he was an Army. Army Colonel. Army. Retired as an Army Colonel. Had a stellar career th- of which uh, you are besmirching with every remark. Uh, he is 58. No, he is uh, six. He's 58 years old. Was six four. Went in the U.S. Army in 1986 and left in 2017. Mm-hmm. Ran unsuccessfully for Congress in Bill Schuster's district and then was appointed to an empty state Senate seat. And, of course, now is uh, running for governor. And uh, I'm not going to say way in the lead, but to come... Uh, uh, him and Lou Barletta are neck and neck. It's going to horse race. Well, uh, they goes, are way in the lead. Yeah, who goes to the whip and gets the, uh, gets the horse across the finish line. But it's the undecided that's going to move that. And which... Uh, which candidates can uh, move the undecideds in both the Senate and the gubernatorial race in Pennsylvania? All right, Jim, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Good morning. First of all, with Mastriano, he voted for Act 77. Now, uh, he'll tell you that the uh, Secretary of State uh, book, uh, what's her name, book bar or book whatever, bar. changed yeah. it, that uh, that wasn't what they planned. And uh, But him and Dave Argo, my local state senator, uh, from Schuylkill, uh, none of them have apologized. They've not expressed any remorse, regret, or chagrin over this vote. And it it, it, uh, it did one thing. And uh, uh, do you know what that one thing was, Mark? Oh, it gave tremendous advantage to Democrats with the mail-in balloting. Yep. Well, well, did one thing for the Republicans. Uh, Allegedly, and I don't doubt this uh, because I serve as a constable at a at a at a poll. Uh, allegedly, in the big cities, the judge of election would take the ballot thingy and go and rack up votes for uh, the D's, you know, a straight party ticket. Well, you can't do that now. Mm-hmm. You you have to, you know, circle all of them take much longer. So the fraud, uh, they took away that straight fraud and made it much allegedly steal an election. Okay, so that was one good part of that. But um, I would like to... Um, point out, I've seen both, uh, well, I've seen Lou twice now, and Lou is old and his ideas are tired. Um, I am rooting for the Gale brothers, Joe and Sean. Uh, they're from Montgomery County. They advertise heavily on our local radio station, and uh, I wish people, it's Gale as in G, as, as in uh, George, A as in Apple, L as in Lima, E as in Echo. Um, or like a gale that's going to hit the state. Um, they're they're good guys. And uh, you were you were saying about uh, good things. I just had a very 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 positive encounter with the Northumberland County Election Bureau. I've never been there before or dealt with them. And you have an if you live in Northumberland County, you could sleep well at night knowing your election bureau is run by good people who are helpful 
and honest, and they're doing a great job over there. I'm very thrilled to have this encounter I had with them. Well, and the credit goes to the county commissioners. They they picked an election yeah, director yeah. that could do it, and then they made sure they surrounded him with not only good staff, that's the full-time staff, but when they get busy, they really brought in just the most superlative administrators, really, in, in, the, in the whole region who knew what they were yeah. doing and said, okay, get this to work well. And they, and they have. And uh, on, on that, um be honest and say, I'm working for Joanne Sturr, a candidate for the 107th District, who is a, a nurse and an outsider. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, even if I wasn't working for this candidate, I am always appalled when I see people thrown off the ballot for signatures because the bane of the I, I've done signatures I, I, I've gotten a couple hundred for Joanne I and other candidates and it's a TIA and um, the bane of all of us people getting signatures is the ring doorbell people see you, you have a sign uh, they don't answer the door and they're registered Republican or you know uh, that's who I'm going for and uh, it's just so frustrating Instead of uh, going knocking on 40 doors and getting 40 signatures, you might get 10 or 15. Well, and so it's Jim, that you have much to, You have to recreate that. And, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I mean, I did the same thing. You got went around, and got signatures, but now you go to the flea markets, you uh, throw a uh, a, uh, a beer and a soda party, and you get people out, and you get the voters. Uh, and also, you create an instance where you can show up, meet the candidates, and also sign the ballots. But uh, no. Doorbell knocking, going door to door. Yeah, I would, I would agree yeah. with you, but that's uh, that's old school. You need to uh, adjust to the twenty first well, century. We've we've tried a whole plethora of things. That's just one of the things. But I mean, when you have a day, uh, a Tuesday, and you're available, and you want to work for a candidate, you you go out and you knock on doors. I mean, we're mm-hmm. I mean, uh, on a Tuesday, there's really nothing going on, but. Uh, you're, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with your comment. Uh, it, it just become harder and harder to get signatures. No, I agree. People are I agree mistaken. with you. I agree with you. And also, too, uh, Jim, tell me, do you sometimes question? And it's good, mm-hmm. good folks. Who, but when you have to explain three times how to sign your name and how to put your address and, and what date yeah. it is, when you look and then you're looking at these people going, okay, uh, thank you very much, but. My gosh, uh, I just had to explain three times how to sign this. But, no, it is uh, difficult. Uh, should those hurdles be lowered? I'm not sure. Um, no, I don't think that. It's just the, um, the way we go about it should be done differently, I think, on the one level. And the other, but the thing is, I, I'm not happy with Mr. Tanny or Tanay, how do you say his name, uh, having Miss um, Murphy thrown off the ballot. Well, um, yeah, the, the, and, uh, but the, there is some scenarios that you do. I mean, w- you know, when you see uh, names like Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck, uh, oh, you know, that, yeah. that, no, that doesn't quite no. cut it. But uh, I, when you, like, I'll be honest with you, there's a hometown farmer's market. I'm from Schuylkill County. So mm-hmm. you go over there, and you encounter people, and you talk to them, and they say, oh, sure, I'll sign. And, and you think they're in your district, but you can't be positive because well. you don't have a voter list in front. Of, so you take their signature, and it's you know Josephine 
whatever. Yes. You know, and uh, so you. Yes, there is honest could mistakes. Could or could not. You, you don't have a way to verify. Jim, you, there are honest mistakes, and you're right. And I will say, you're over in Schuylkill County. One of, yeah. the, one of the best water systems in the state of Pennsylvania, Schuylkill County Municipal. One of the one of the best. Yeah. You guys have excellent <laughs> water over there. Excellent water. You know. Uh, you know. You know what the problem is, though. These, uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm probably. I uh, should duck. But the jeepers and the ATVs. They uh, twice they have had jeeps in the the one reservoir. Reservoir. Yeah, those reservoirs are pristine. Uh, but but you know. And, you, and they're for drinking water. Yeah, they're but not for. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. But Jim, you know, you know what, uh, you know why the water's so good? Because why? Yingling beer is that much better. So that water makes <laughs> Yingling beer. So that's excellent, brother. Okay, now we're pretty yeah. far afoot. Thank, thank you so much. You guys have a good week. Yep. Thank you, Jim. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six. I'm talking about petitions. One of our listeners says it's especially hard to get the petition signed in smaller areas. Mm-hmm. No signatures for local borough, city, or township races might be a good idea. Maybe more mm-hmm. people would be interested in running if they didn't have to circulate petitions to get reelected. I agree with that because I've heard several people say, well, if I get appointed, I will serve on council, but I'm not going to run. Well, yeah, so how much, uh, you know what, so that means, Mark, uh, I'm the coach, uh, and you call me and say, say, listen, I don't want to show up for practice, I don't want to show up for summer weightlifting, I don't want to show up for, you know, some of the conditioning you wanted me to do, but I'm going to play you uh, when, you know, you want to play when the games start. Is that uh, is that a fair analysis there? So you don't want to do any of the, the hard work, but you want to play in the games. All right. We asked for an opportunity to talk to Lauren, Lauren Comatu, who's been a reporter for CBS News, Time Magazine, Voice of America. Uh, her voice has been heard, and uh, her print reports are seen around the world. Lauren, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Very much appreciated. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. Let's start out with uh, the latest war crimes. From your observation post, are you getting a sense on uh, how much greater this long list of war crimes is going to get? Well, you know, right, we saw the bombing today of the train station, and again, it's one more incident that does appear to be a violation of the rules of war. Um, It may sound counterintuitive, but under international humanitarian law, there are rules for war, and civilians are protected. So when you see bombings of train stations like today, or um, we've seen those pictures from Zuka, you know, uh, that look like executions, this is all evidence that people are collecting the International Criminal Court here, Human Rights Watch and other rights organizations, the Ukrainian government, uh, news reports even, and, you know, at one point, if there, I would say when there is a trial, even if it's decades away, uh, this will all be evidence that will be used, because I do have to, it's one thing to say it's a war crime, it's another to prove it in court beyond a reasonable doubt, which is the burden of the proof you need. Well, we talked to Jeff McCausland, who's one of your peers at CBS News when it comes to analysis, he said you need to get either POWs or whistleblowers or somebody to come forward and said, I was there, this is what we did. Have you seen any evidence that that type of individual has stepped forward yet? I haven't seen that yet. That's not to say it's not happening, because very often what what does happen, I mean, to get people here, leaders uh, like Milosevic from the president of Serbia, you need basically regime change. Then you know, then they get sent here. But a lot of the underlings, like the, um, uh, the generals or, or politicians who are a little under that, sometimes when they see things getting close and they're not that protected, they will jump ship. 
And then those are the people, we call them insider witnesses, who do have invaluable um, evidence. And because it is much harder to prove the chain of command as compared to the actual crime. So, I mean, a soldier shooting is one thing to prove that someone else is responsible for it or didn't call it off as another. So those are the kind of witnesses that for sure prosecutors will be looking for. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back channel talk. Uh, Lauren, Ben Reichley here. Question, is Ukraine getting what it needs, not what they want, but really what they need to to win this war? Because we, we hear the verbiage coming out of the U.S., U.K., NATO saying, uh, you know, we're, we're moving this way, we're moving that way. But it seems like uh, somewhere in the pipeline things are getting stuck and it's not coming out of the pipeline for Ukraine. Uh, Are you hearing or seeing that Ukraine is getting what uh, what they need? Right. I mean, my expertise is more international than humanitarian law, but if you listen to Ukrainian President Zelensky, they're clearly not getting what they need. I mean, I, I wonder, you know, it's hard to get everything they need unless the U.S. and its allies directly confront Russia, which clearly no one wants to do, hence there's no, um, fly, uh, no fly zone. But I think that, you know, Zelensky, of course, has every right to answer whatever he wants or needs, but if people give it to him is another question. Well, another question would be, uh, we hear this, uh, uh, people are afraid to push Putin into World War III, but for the Ukrainian people, it is World War III, isn't it? Sure, it definitely is for them, but, I mean, I don't know, do you want it for everyone else? I mean, again, we've seen this before, we've seen this in the Balkans. I mean, for the Bosnian War of the 1990s, uh, you know, it was World War III for them. It was the only genocide committed in Srebrenica since World War II, but the world would only go so far. Where, where do you see not just the humanitarian, the, the refugees, but where is the orphanages that we see a little bit here and there? It seems like that have gone away, but, but what is happening to these Ukrainian orphans? Are they being moved into Poland and over into other uh, countries? Uh, do, you, do you see groups stepping up to uh, look after uh, these orphans from Ukraine? Um, again, a little outside my mandate, I'm, but I, you can see this flow of refugees just everywhere, and clearly uh, people are stepping up. Even where I am in the Netherlands, people are opening up their homes because it is a war crime to target civilians, and, and especially children and orphanages. So um, I think that it's a huge network helping people, and, and a lot of people we see coming are you know, entering Poland, um, Moldova, um, Slovakia, and those countries. Now, one more question. In your vantage point from The Hague, are you getting a sense of the end game here? Since things aren't going exceedingly well for Vladimir Putin, is there a revised strategy that analysts are telling you that they're seeing? Right. Um, You know, again, I I don't know. I think people, you know, clearly that's the million-dollar question everyone's seeing to what happened. I think people here are afraid to push him into a hole. You know, he does have a hand on a nuclear button, and we see his willingness to use chemical weapons. And if he's back that much into a corner, the Russian experts I've spoken to, where they say they see in the press in Russia, they talk about a nuclear option, um, makes them very worried. So I think, you know, of course, from here, the idea would be like, still try to have some kind of diplomacy and not back him into a corner where he has no choice. Well, he maybe will think he has no choice or doesn't care about using weapons that none of us want to see. Any key observation or update we didn't ask you, something that you've seen or heard today or yesterday that's important for you to tell us here in the U.S.? 
Um, I would just say, you know, we see so much, again, from a work, from, an, from a law perspective, we see so much um, in the media about, you know, President Biden calling Putin a war criminal on this. But again, there's a really big difference between saying it in the media and proving it in court. And I think the important thing now is to really gather all this evidence. And, and that's changed so much, even since the Boston War in the 90s, with social media today. You know, Russian soldiers are posting pictures of themselves with missiles that the prosecutors say they used to down in MH17 playing a few years ago. So all these kind of things will come together. They'll be in the waiting block. And, and though Putin may not be here one day, I am pretty confident that some of his underlings, even if it's 10 or 20 years, will be here at some point. They'll step up. All right. Well, that certainly is disconcerting uh, observation. But thank you so much for the information. Lauren, very much appreciated. Thanks for talking to Central Pennsylvania today. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Lauren Comato is a reporter for Time Magazine and Voice mm -hmm. of America and a wide range of other publications and uh, broadcasters globally. So she's checking in from The Hague, monitoring very closely the investigation, trying to get evidence of the get the war crimes conviction going, if feasible. But as she said, what difference will it make? Uh, well, in a manner of speaking, what difference will it make? And then somebody will step mm. up to re replace Vladimir Putin anyway. Interesting news. We didn't talk about it, but the United Nations has pulled Russia off uh, the council. So oh, okay. at least that there's some, the United Nations has at least got a little bit of a... I mean, they've started with one vertebrae. they got to get the rest of the vertebrae to get a spine. All right, got to take one minute break, and I have to read one last email of the week. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Let's go to the arcade and chew bubble right. gum and got to do it. Crazy. Said we're going to do it. And Mark can believe that the guy who thinks he's president received more votes than anyone in history, but that doesn't make it true. I'm assuming you saw the clips of President Obama at the White House this week with Joe wandering around looking lost and nobody talking to him. Yes, I did see that. Thank you. Yeah, it's very disconcerting. Pink Floyd but we get the leaders we want, you know. Anyway, if you. If you can't see who's running the show in Washington after seeing that, you don't want to know what's really going on. Thank you, Doug. Yep, yeah. you're 100% right on all points. Yeah, but you I heard appreciate the music, that. though, playing there when Joe was walking, President Biden was walking around going, hello, hello, is there anybody <laughs> out there? I, mean, I love the reference to uh, this the, is a big effing deal. Well, this is the, 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 yeah, but the optics, the Biden administration just has a huge optic problem starting way back. 
have an escort for Joe to walk around with and make it look like he's part of the party. Obama did not make him look like he's part of the party. And Nancy's kiss, that's the kiss that could unfortunately keep giving. All right. We will see. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, everybody who participated. Thank you, Jake Corman, for calling in. Thank you, Ben, for being here. We'll see you in two weeks. The 25th, I won't be here, but we're going to have a lot of GOP candidates calling in that day. This is WDKOK Sunbury.